0: 77, Acts 8, 14, 17. When the apostles of Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come to any the of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And the next is Luke 3, 15 to 17, and 21, and 22, and then we found on seven twenty six. and And I will come, the thongs of whose handles I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize me with the Holy Spirit and the fire, his one ring fork in his hand to clear the rushing forth and to gather the wheat into his barn. He will burn up the shaft with unquenched fire. And 21 and 22. When all people were were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, Heaven was open, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, "You are my Son, whom I love. For you
1: I am well pleased." That's right thank you for the gift of your word as we think of these things open our hearts and our minds to hear you. Amen. Signs are wonderful. Signs provide a lot of information to us. For example, if you're out driving and in the distance you see a red octagonal sign, you know what you're supposed to do even if you can't see the words on the sign. At least I hope In 1971, there was a rock group called the Five Man Little Band. And they had a one-hit wonder of a song called Signs. And the chorus goes like this. Sign, sign, everywhere a sign. Locking out the scenery, breaking my mind. Do this, don't do that. Can't you read the sign? But sometimes, signs signal other things to us, like stupidity. For example, before Sharon and I moved from North Dakota to West Salem, our house was filled with boxes, and there was a very large moving band parked out in front of our house, and a person stopped by the house and said to us, hey, are you folks moving? I said, nope, we just pack up our stuff once or twice a week just to see how many boxes it takes. <laughs> Here's your sign. <clears throat> then there was a time when I was driving and I got a flat tire. And I happened to see a small gas in, so I pulled in. And the attendant walks out, looks at my car, and says, this is no lie, the tire goes flat. I couldn't resist. I said, nope, I was driving around, these other things just swelled up on me. Here's your sign. A couple weeks ago I was walking out in front of the church at night, and there was a person standing on the sidewalk, he was looking at the ante scene we had up front. The guy looks at me and says, Hey, are those the three wise men? I said, No, sir, that's ZZ popular in a farming concert. Here's your sign. It's like asking somebody, what time does midnight mass start on Christmas Eve? Here's your sign. Now, fortunately for us, Jesus wasn't altogether a smart aleck. Although I think at times he did get frustrated with the disciples, and I'm sure he wished he could tell them, Here's your sign. But I ask you to listen to these words from Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 13. One day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by a lake. And large crowds gathered around him, so many that he got into a boat and sat there, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables. And the disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has been given more, they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, Even what they have will be taken away from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. But those people's hearts become callous. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Understand with their hearts and turn, and I would kill them. But
0: blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear.
1: For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see. And they hear what you hear. They did not hear And Jesus spoke all these things to crowd the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. And so it was fulfilled what was spoken to the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter these things since the creation of the world. And you know, I can always hear Jesus saying to these people, Here's the sign. (laughs) Now, during his earthly ministry, Jesus went about preaching and teaching, and he used parables when he taught. You know, it's estimated that about one third of all that Jesus' teaching was in parable form. Now, the word parable is a transliteration of the Greek word parable, which means to place alongside. And it signifies the placing of one thing besides another in comparison purposes. Now, this is not to be confused with a parabola. those of you who are mathematically inclined. It's not the same thing. X equals Y squared. If you don't understand that, that's okay. Mathematicians do But a parable is a story that places one thing beside another for teaching purposes. It puts what is known next to what is unknown so that we might learn. And the parables of Jesus demonstrate the power of a story because it's in these stories that truth is communicated. And it helps to stretch the imagination, forcing the person hearing to think what is being said. And through these stories of Jesus, we're able to connect to the truth in a non-condemning manner. We are able to actively engage in the experience of the story. And we are allowed to view things from a different perspective. And so Jesus uses parables in his teaching. And Jesus loved to tell stories. Some of which needs a listener and really think. Was being now, the primary purpose of a parable was to conceal. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 9 and 10 says, Go and tell this to the people. Be ever hearing, but never understanding. Be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Make the heart of this people callous. Make their ears dull and close their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Understand their hearts and turn and be healed. The prophet is saying. The is saying this to the people to make them feel satisfied, to feel comfortable. But in becoming comfortable, comfortable, they will be blinded to the truth of salvation. Because you see, the people of Isaiah's is time—they kind of, well, were turning away from God. They were trusting in man and in kings instead of trusting God. And so, in the same way, Jesus speaks in parables to conceal the truth from those who have hardened their hearts, for those who trust in their own might and strength. For those who set their confidence on human leadership, to them, God has made their eyes to be closed. The people were coming out to hear Jesus, they were coming out to see a Messiah. And they wanted a great man. But Jesus responds not by giving them a great man to admire, him, but by telling them from a great God to admire. Him. Now, another purpose of a parable is to reveal. Even though the primary purpose of a parable is to conceal the mysteries of the kingdom from that multitude, Christ makes the same truth known. He reveals them to his disciples. Paul writes in Ephesians 1, chapter 9, He has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind the intention which he purposed in Christ. And so Jesus tells the disciples that they have given the insight into God's kingdom. They know how to make it work and how it works. But not everybody has this gift, this insight, that hasn't been given to all of them. But whoever has a ready heart for this, for that person, the insights and the understandings flow freely. Because if there's no readiness, no trace of receptiveness, that knowledge disappears. And that's why Jesus tells us stories to create readiness, to nudge the people, to nudge us towards a receptive insight. In their presence, they can stare until noon today and never see it. Listen to their blue in the face and not get it. For those who are truly seeking, God says, When you come looking for me, you will find me. In other words, seek and you will find. And so, how's your eyesight? How's your vision? When you're confronted with the truths of God, Are you left scratching your head, wondering what it's all about? Or can you see clearly the revelation of His word? How was your hearing? Are you attuned to that voice? Over the next few weeks, we'll take a look at some of Jesus' parables. We'll explore His teaching, what He has to say to us, and hopefully, everybody will go away with the correct. Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks for your goodness. We give thanks that you set your word before us. And we pray, O God, that we might be open to what we might marvel. And so open our eyes and our hearts that we might fully know what has been done for us. Open our eyes that we might see your Son, incarnate, crucified, and risen. Open our eyes and our hearts that we might see your Son. Marvel at him. All of us, we pray in Christ's holy name. Amen. Our closing hymn is number 210 in the right hymn. Please stand if you're able.